Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at chumbacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to everybody watching. This is Ibrox, the Wednesday warm-up live. It's a day where Rangers have actually released a Christmas advert that I like. It's the only Christmas advert in the history of Christmas adverts that I'm going to say I can fully get behind. And it'd be remiss of me before we started not to give a huge congratulations to Aberdeen who have managed to sell out their allocation at Hamden. They just needed about two to 4,000 Rangers fans to help do that. But they've sold it out, so congratulations to them. Um, I'm joined by two regular contributors as always. Kieran, fantastic to have you on. How are you doing today? I was really looking forward to this until you said that that's the only Christmas advert you've ever liked. You've never seen Colin the Carrot? No, don't know who that is. <laughs> Oh, mate, he's the Aldi mascot. Come on. Colin the Carrot's dead to me as far as I'm concerned, Kieran. He can That's absolutely the Grinch over there. If, if it's not Gaza and a Christmas advert, I'm not interested, all right? <laughs> yeah, love that, by the way. What a surprise. I really like that. <laughs> yeah, it was, man. I'll take that for a Christmas dinner any day. And uh, Ross, how are you doing today as well? Yeah, I'm good. I like that wee bit about Aberdeen at the start, Kyle. I, I wasn't expecting that, to be honest, so well done. That was good. And yet... Enjoyed the Christmas advert myself. Actually, I'm a I'm a massive Barry Ferguson guy. You know, I loved him growing up. So as soon as I seen him in the advert, that it, that, that was it sold for me. But yeah, it was really well done. Uh, really creative, actually. I think the club done really well with that one this year. So yeah, I think they deserve a bit of credit for that one. Yeah, it was. It was a bit of a throwback. I know I wasn't planning to spend any time talking about this other than the intro, but it was. It was good to see something like that. I remember the pure kind of old nineties, like in your face videos where it was all going on. Like it had a wee bit of that to it. And as I said, any any advert that's got some of the current Rangers team and some uh, previous fans' favourites and Gaza. I'll take any day of the week. Um, but look, listen. On today's show, we're discussing all things Rangers, as always. 
Um, the big question that we've led with today is should we sign Abdul Asima on loan uh, or permanently after his, his loan phase ends here? Is that something that the club should be looking at? There's been a few rumours circulating going about Ryan Kent as well. I always dread those two words and it's Turkish journalist. Um, but people are talking about it online. Um, I think there might be a bit of a split in the in the panel here, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Obviously, at the end of the podcast, I just want to have a, a general conversation about how people think Kamal's sort of first month. I think, Kieran, before we come on, you were saying that as of tomorrow, it will officially be a full month that, that Kamal's been in charge, which is, uh, time flies, doesn't it? Um, but I want to start, uh, Kieran, I'll start with you here. Um, the Fans Advisory Board, the FAB, which is one of the best uh, uh, acronyms I think I've ever heard for something, Um James Bisgrove uh, released a statement yesterday on the on the Rangers website. It says, introduction of the Fans Advisory Board is a testament to our commitment to the meaningful, structured engagement with the Rangers support. It's essential for us to ensure that our supporters' voices are not just heard, but are integral to our decision-making process. Last week, we hosted our second Fans Forum of the season, and the FAB serves as another crucial pillar to our fan engagement strategy. It says they went through a rigorous process uh, to get these, I think it was 220 applicants, What's your thoughts on on uh, the club actually doing an initiative like this? I think it's excellent. I really do. And when I think back at the, the faults of previous boards, and I'm going to go back to Seville here, um, fans were really ignored then, and I felt we were really let down with, especially the fans that didn't travel there when there was no beam back here, and we really had an opportunity to do something, whether it was at like... I don't know, the King's Theatre or the Hydro or one of the big events where we could have put something on for the fans back here or something similar they've done at the Euros um, to the Gladstone Green. And that's not me going off on a tangent. I think that's just my best example of how the fans felt ignored in a big situation when it should have been a crowning moment for us as fans. So knowing what I know from James Bisgrove so far, and I actually got a wee taster of it myself as part of a, a fans forum, before my gels and stuff that came in and they were trying to get ideas from the fans and it was it was James Bisgrove that was behind all this. Um, they wanted a feel for like what could could we do for a 150-year celebration? Like, who could we like implement a membership scheme? And by all means, please don't include me in how that's been implemented. <laughs> 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 I know that could split the camp as well. Um, but no, he's, he's very engaging. And I know from um, earlier in the season where I had the pleasure of interviewing him, he was just so open and happy to speak to us. And I just felt we didn't really get that from Stuart Robertson in the previous boards. So I think as a club, and when we talk about one club and everybody being together. I think you look back at Clement's comments recently of having the synergy between the the fans and the team that everything's got to come together. It's got to be the guys in the pitch. It's got to be the staff in the background. It's got to be the fans. If everyone works together at Rangers, things start to happen really well. And I think James Bisgrove knows that better than anyone else. So I'm fully on board with it. It can only be a good thing. Yeah, I think, I think that's... Uh, Fairly well said there. Hard to disagree with anything you've said as well. Ross, do, do you agree with Kieran there that that this is a good thing, that um, the communication with the fans, you know, it's something that the previous boards have been criticised about, previous boards that Bisgrove's been been part of, let's not forget. Um, and, and the fan engagement update as well. 
uh, I think you and I attended the the first one for that on behalf of of this is Ibrox. I actually found it quite uh, reassuring that there was all those members important important members of of you know the inner workings of the football club on the stage. And I think something that was not actually mentioned an awful lot, but to me, my recollection was is that most of those guys were available after after you know the the thing had officially finished and were mingling in with the fans. It was really good, you know, guys like Robert Boyle, um, you know, and chatting amongst people. So yeah, what what's your your thoughts and initiatives like this uh, for the for the club and the support? Yeah, I think Ian's made a lot of good points there. I can't really disagree with anything he said. I think it's a really good initiative from the club. It's really positive. Trying to get the fans on board and, and get their input with things is really good going forward because Kieran's highlighted a lot of points there that the fans have been let down. We were lucky enough to be there in the in the first uh, fan forum and yeah, that it was quite it's quite eye opening that night. Actually, there's a lot of things going on with certain sections of Ranger supporters that you don't even think about, like travel issues, disability. The, you know, there's loads of things that the club are probably dealing with all the time. Um, but it's a good aspect for, or it's a good avenue, sorry, should I say, for, for fans to come out and ask those questions. And, and and like you said that night, representatives of the club were making themselves available after. They were very much saying, you know, I, I might not get to your point here, but I'll speak to you after this is all concluded and, and we'll catch up. So I thought that was really good as well. So anything to kind of strengthen that connection between the board and the fans, I think is really positive. Kieran made a good point there. You know, you need everyone to be to pushing in the same direction. You need everyone to be in the same page. And I think this is a great start to that. Clement spoke about it in terms of the football team himself and that he needs the fans on board. That's what he's trying to create. So I think we need that at all levels of the club. So I can't really see any negatives about it, to be honest with you, Kyle. I think it's a really good initiative for one club. And it's something that James Bisgrove has pushed forward with as soon as he came in. Uh, so he deserves a lot of credit for that because that's clearly something he's identified. Kieran said there he spoke to him on an occasion before and, and he was obviously involved in, in trying to push forward some of these initiatives before my years and things like that. So clearly he thinks it's a, it's a really important part of the club. So yeah, really, really positive. I can't really see any negatives in it, to be honest. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair enough. Look, there's a couple of comments here. Uh, oh, for a hill regular contributor. Hi there. He says Park wasn't exactly a great communicator with the fans. Things have improved, and I think that's a, a, a very, very fair point there. It's it was a criticism, especially when the uh, Douglas Park was in charge of Rangers that transparency and and it's everything, every walk of life, communication, communication, communication is the key. And and anything that, that you know, highlights that or, or makes it easier for fans to get the people in the club who are doing the, the important jobs behind the scenes, if they can listen to it, I'm all for it. And RFC72 here says, well, we know who's on the fans' advisory board. And the answer to that is yes. I believe there, I think it was the last uh, six or eight names. Uh, I don't know any of the people, but um, yeah. They're all on there, and I'm imagining that they'll. It's a you know wide selection of the fan base from from all walks of life. Hopefully, to give a sort of fair and, and balanced opinion on stuff. Right, Kieran, I'll come to you here for for my next question. The question for tonight is: Should Rangers sign Sima permanently? Um, we know that the Senegalese international has been one of the standouts. I think it's fair to say he had a bit of an adjustment period when he came in, but he was still he was still banging the goals in under Bill, uh, I think I might be even right in saying he's been the most prolific uh, or was the most prolific goal scorer uh, during Bill's short stint at the start of the season. We've got the guy on loan from Brighton. Um, 
in 22 games so far this season. Mental how we've played 22 games already. Uh, he's scored nine goals and he's had one assist. To me, he's now our established left winger on that side. Before we get into the, would you buy him? Would you sign him permanently? You know, what other deals would you be looking at there? What have you made a SEMA so far in his, his contribution to, to Glasgow Rangers? Yeah, I've really liked him. I've, I've liked everything I've seen so far. Um, the pity is on loan and we don't really know the structure of the contract fully, but it seems like we've not got an option to buy at the moment. That doesn't mean for a second that we can't buy him. You just never know. But in terms of Seema himself, like, you can't argue with how he's went about things. The turning point for him was that goal um, against PSV at home that he was probably having arguably his worst performance of the season. And then the next thing, he's, he's bent one into the top corner. But it, it just, it oozes of professionalism. There's no moans, there's no silly bookings, there's no talking back to referees. He's just a young guy in football that's looking to progress and he's got a great attitude. And one player of the month and came out and just said how much he loves it here. And that's music to the ears of fans. We just... Love it when someone with no affiliation to Rangers at all comes to the club and falls in love with it. So, now I've, I've been really impressed. I remember seeing him for um, Slavia Prague when they came here and he led the line really well. It's probably something I'd like to see him doing a wee bit more for us. I'm not sure if I'm fully on board with him on the left on a sort of permanent basis. I'd like to see him through the middle. Um, but hopefully when more players come back fit, and I'm meaning the likes of Rabi Matondo for that one, that can play off the left, they can get shifted inside, and we, we'll have a real option up front, a guy who's who's constantly on the move and has got bags of pace to burn. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I love it when you see him one-on-one and he coasts past people. It doesn't <laughs> even look like he's in full tilt. He's yeah. just coasting past people, and I think I read a stat saying that he was the fourth quickest player in the... Um, Lagoon last year, and that kind of shows you because you're talking about guys like Neymar and Mbappe in that league that are like they're flying machines. So he is quick, um, but now it's a pleasure to have him at the club just now. Whether or not that's going to be on a permanent basis, it remains to be seen. But I'm a wee bit doubtful. Oh, there we go. Oh, don't don't spoil it. Eh? G- give us a bit of a teaser there, oh. Kieran. <laughs> give us Ryan Kent back. I'm on the camera. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> come on. You're doing a Tommy trying to destabilise the agenda here. But um, Ross, yeah, just a, a word on Seema and and how you think he's contributed to to the team overall. Before before we go into you know how could we get him back at the club? Could we see him back at the club? But what have you made of him? Have you been impressed with him so far this season? Yeah, I've been really impressed with Abdel Asim. I think, I think even when he was going through that kind of rough spell at the beginning, there was enough there that gave me encouragement. I think we've sat at games together, Kyle, and I, and I felt he was doing well. I think, I think we went to the League Cup game together, didn't we, against uh, Livingston in the quarterfinal? I thought he scored that goal that night, but I thought he was really, really good, especially in that first half. I think Kieran's touching a lot of good points there, and I know you're saying going through the middle, and but yeah, see that one v one ability he's got. I think that's really underrated, actually. I think that's something that gets missed sometimes, the ability for us to kind of just get the ball to him very direct, and he probably will beat his man. It's not necessarily always about a skill, but he's just got the physicality to beat him, knocks the ball by him, runs around him. Very simplistic. He's, I think I said this on a, on a podcast before, he's a bit of a throwback. He's a bit of a throwback winger, in the sense of it's not really all about nice, wee, intricate touches. It's very much get the ball down and drive at your man and try and beat him, and I really like that, and I think it's something that 
we've really relied on at certain points this season because the rest of the team just haven't been firing. So I'm really, really encouraged by him. I thought I thought he was man of the match for me against uh, Sparta Prague the other night. I think I said that in the in the reaction podcast. I thought that night again he showed his level. You know, really long balls been played to him and his ability to bring them down, hold off his man and, and make something from it was really good. So Look, I'm really, really encouraged by Abdallah Sima. We're obviously going to go on to the, the possibility of signing them on loan, but if it, you know, if sorry, permanently after the loan, if it is an option, if it's something the club are going to look to advance in, we certainly should be. I mean, he's definitely a player that's good enough to play for Rangers. He's clearly shown that now, uh, and I'd love to have him here permanently. I think he's made an impact, and, and it looks like Clement really sees him as one of the kind of key figures in this team going forward. I think I tweeted about this the other day that, I think there's an argument to say he might be our most important player right now just because of what he's bringing in that forward line. I know how good Danilo's been when he's came in, but just Sima seems to be the consistent figure in that team. Uh, and we're getting positive results. So, yeah, look, I'm really, really encouraged by him, Kyle, and I'd love to see him here permanently, let's put it that way. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair comment. I think he got a bit of a a tough start, shall we say, when he came in because of the because of Beale saying we won't bring any loan players in at all. And then we went and brought a loan player in and I think a lot of people just uh, thought negatively about him. But he's a guy that when he's been given time, you know, a wee bit of time, I'll say a very short time to grow in terms of about 10 games. And I think he's done really well. He, he's now, I think it's turn, uh, you know, when he's receiving the ball, he's absolutely burned quite a few people with that turn and, and I'm glad you commented on that touch against um, Sparta Prague the one where he was, it wasn't quite Joe Rebo, but where he just sort of plucked out the air uh, yeah. and if the Sparta defender wasn't quite onto it then I think he would have been clean through but listen, something Kieran, on think... that Kyle, just before you jump on, there was just something I wanted to say in that in terms of like the whole kind of loan system because you made a good point there in terms of Rangers fans sometimes are a wee bit they're a wee bit hesitant to bring in players in on loan if there isn't that option to buy. But I think Sima might be a perfect example of, we might not get him in the end, but he's he's improved our team, hasn't he? Like, we are a better team with Abdullah Sima in it. And ultimately, if we have the opportunity to bring players in like this from the Premier League, I think the club have to take it. I know that opens a bigger conversation, which we spoke about in the podcast before, but I just, I think Sima's a, quite a good example of that. It's quite a good example of, You've got a player there that can take your team to the next level. You bring him in and then you deal with it after. You go the year down the line and you try and get him after that. But if he can, if Seema's part of a, a winning Rangers team, you go on and win this League Cup, you win the Scottish Cup, you push for the league. Who cares if he signs permanently at the end, really? You know, we want success. So yeah. there's got to be a balance, I think, doesn't there? Of course, we have to look at the long term, but sometimes you can bring players in to to get your results now and push you on to the next level now. Yeah, yeah. And no. sorry to interrupt, but there's a flip side of that as well, Ross. Is Brighton are going to get a better player back? Yeah. So there's other teams going to be looking at us saying, right, Rangers have took that player on loan. They're interested in taking one of our players on loan. They've improved Malik Tillman. He's now a 14 million euro player, which Bayern Munich are going to receive. Team is going to be the same if we don't sign them, which. <laughs> I just don't know if we will, like I've said already. Brighton are going to be very happy with the job that we've done with him and the game time that he's received. The other teams are going to be thinking, right, Rangers are a good team to send our players on loan to. There's a lot of teams in England that are like that, that will sign players for a lot of money and put them out on loan to improve them and get better players back. So 
for us, yes, okay, it's frustrating as fans and it's frustrating for us to improve other teams' players. I get that side of the argument as well, but like Ross said, in the short term, if you're offered players like this and they're going to improve your team, then why not? Yeah, I think that's a fair. I'm just waiting on the barrage of comments now coming in saying that Rangers shouldn't be training and improving other players' teams. But unfortunately, I mean, it, it was a stupid thing for Bill to say. I mean, <laughs> you could say that about several things, but it really was because tell me, tell me the last time that a Rangers team didn't have a own player either starting or on the bench in the last like 10, 15 years. Like, yeah. I, I couldn't do it. So, um, but look, Kieran, I think the. I think everybody's in the comments certainly in an agreement that they do want Sima here, they would have him, but Graham Brown, could could we afford him? Hugo Bayer says if we can't afford Sima, maybe a second season on loan, but then he, at the end of that, it would be, that's his deal at Brighton done, because my understanding is, is that it only runs for another 18 months, um, I think, but I, I don't know, Like I just get the feeling that well, it was yesterday, it was on, or sorry, Monday, I should say, I've, I've lost my days here, but when Kieran Maguire was on the podcast with Tommy, if you haven't seen that, go and check it out, he breaks down the accounts really well. He's obviously a Brighton fan, and I think he poo-pooed the idea pretty quickly in terms of us, um, you know, it would be a much larger transfer fee than, than 7 million quid, but I, I just don't get the feeling that Seema's a player that Brighton see is going to go straight into that first team or I think they're maybe just looking to get an, an investment or a, or a small return on him because he's already been out on, I mean they'll have recouped a lot of that already we've been on loan at Angers I think it was I'm sure he was on loan at Stoke as well albeit he was injured for a large bit but they'll have got a couple of million quid in loan fees back from that, I mean is that is that something you could see us doing like inserting a sell-on clause or, or having like a like getting them on loan again with, with the idea the idea that we pay like a few million quid at the end of the season. What's your thoughts on, on a deal being structured like that? I think this one's more out of our hands and depending on what Brighton do. I imagine that Brighton do these things thinking that, right, I have an example, but I can't remember who it was, but basically it was kind of like, right, if he's terrible and he fails there, he's got a year left in his contract, then we'll sell him then. He does really well there, and it looks like he's promising, and it looks like he's going to advance his, his career from a young football player to a really good um, sort of adult um, professional. Then we'll extend his contract and put him out loan for another year. So I, I think our best chance of getting him again would be on another year's loan if they extend his contract. I think that would be good business for both sides, and I'd, I'd be very hopeful. But I do agree with you, Kel. I don't know if he's ready for the Premiership yet. I, I just don't know if he's there yet. But hey, listen, we were saying the same with Billy Gilmore last year, and he's another present in that Brighton side. So you don't know. Brighton are famous for um, advancing young football players and making them better and giving them the opportunity, and you've really got to take your hat off to them for it. But for me, our best opportunity to have them here on a semi-permanent basis would be get them on loan again next year if they extend his contract. Because let's be honest, if we had signed Seema at the start of this season and he had been playing this well, the likelihood is we probably would only have him for two years anyway. Yeah. Without yeah. paying the fee. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, exactly. I, f- I think that's a fair point. Uh, Ross, what, what do you think about that as an option? Looking to get him back on, on loan again with a second year if he, if he extends his contract to Brighton. There's a couple of comments here. Uh, RFC72 says, even without his numbers and the work rate, his stuff is really good as well. And... Uh, Stevie Scotty 19 says, let's see if he can do it against the games against them. Tillman never. Uh, no use in doing it against the bread and butter, which I think, again, is a, a fair comment. I think I've seen, again, I never like to, to see it because I, I have no idea, but I'm seeing rumours that he's he's on, only, I say only on, but 8 to 10k a week, which is insane if that if that's wow. true. Because um, I was... You know, with the Morelos stuff, that was what we kept getting told from the club. Like, the reason why we're bumping up his wages is because we are saying he's a, you know, a £10 million player, a £50 million player. 8 to 10k wages, doesn't he really suggest that, Ross? He probably won't be on kind of Premier League money because of the kind of career path he's had. I think um, Slavia took him out of, like, the, the third division in France, I think. I think that's where they t- pulled him from. So, obviously, yeah. he was coming from, like, a kind of semi-pro amateur level to then playing professional. So I would imagine he would be on low wages at Slavia, even though he performed really well there. And then to go to Brighton, the, you know, you, he'd probably had his wages quadrupled, really, but it's still relatively low in Premier League terms. So that wouldn't surprise me. Um, it's maybe why it made the deal easier for Rangers to get him, because ultimately Rangers can say, listen, we'll cover all of his wages for that for that loan deal. So that might have been one that's seen him come up here. I agree a lot with what Kieran said and with a lot of people in the comments. I, I think it's a deal that just might be a wee bit too expensive for us, unfortunately. I think I think he's you would probably want the club to go in if they could, maybe around the six, seven million mark. But if that's the initial fee, the add-ons would be through the roof, I think, because Brighton aren't going to accept an initial fee like that. And then I think you would have to sign over a lot of his future sell-on. You'd have to be given Brighton 30, 40% of the, the sell-on. So I just, I don't think it's a deal that we're going to see permanently, unfortunately. Kira made a really good point in terms of getting him back on loan. I could see that. I really could, because if he is on a, on a low wage at Brighton, Brighton might say, listen, extend your deal with us for two years. We'll double your money even more. You can go back out on loan again, and you can keep continuing to develop, and then we'll reassess you when you come back again and see if you can break into this team. So he is still, he is still really young, so that might be the way he sees it. He might see that he's got the security of his contract to Brighton, but he continued to play for us on loan. I think that would be a good deal for all parties again. Kieran made a really good point earlier in terms of, I know it's not nice to accept sometimes that that's where we kind of are in the, 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 the food chain when it comes to football, but we have to be a club that can develop other teams' players, unfortunately. like That's just where we are. It shouldn't be the basis of our squad. No, of course not, but 
if we can bring players in that are better and they might leave after, then so be it. If they're only going to be here for one or two years anyway, does it really matter? So, yeah, like I said before, Kyle, it's a deal I'd love to see us do permanently. I just think, based on as well what Kieran Maguire was saying in terms of, you know, he he is a Brighton fan, so he understands it from that perspective as well, and, and he maybe feels that it's probably a deal that's a wee bit unlikely. And look, we all know that Brighton are such a good, they're so good in the transfer market. They're so good with recruitment. They're not going to give us them for nothing, really. Look at all those deals of Brighton and Chelsea. They made sure they get every penny out of Chelsea for any players or, or managers that they wanted as well when it came to Graham Potter. So, yeah, it might just be a wee bit unrealistic for us. But if we can get them back on loan again for another season and he continues to score goals for us, then I won't be complaining about it. Yeah, I think I think that's fair enough. Look, I'm going to end the SEMA chat here in quite a sensible comment here. It's n- null FNC. I just don't see the finances working out. It'd be an obvious purchase, just improbable. It's why loans without buyout clauses are often doing the other clubs selling work for them. There we go, a sensible comment coming in. That doesn't happen very often, does it, guys? But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey, you better be getting roasted in the chat. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's definitely coming, but... Um... There's no many sensible comments on the panel either, so it doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that's fair, but like, uh, if we're going to talk about sensible comments, wait to see what this next topic of discussion is going to do into the chat. But look, Kieran, um, as I sort of alluded to earlier on, Two words <laughs> was the Turkish journalist. I, I never quite know how to to feel when I see those. I know we've all heard a lot of um, stuff coming out of of Turkey. That's like the Yilmaz one. I didn't believe that until we'd actually signed them. But uh, uh, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the name. But it says Fenerbahce can loan Ryan Kent to another team so that he can play more during the break. One team each from England and one team from Scotland is following the player. I'm just going to ask you, I think I know what, what the two of you are going to say, but Ryan Kent, would you would you take him back at Rangers? Yes, 100%. <laughs> I know that will split hairs in the comments, right? But last season I was up I was at the point with Ryan Kent where I was thinking right your time's up you'd have to go right I've had enough so I get that and maybe I'm going to contradict myself a wee bit here but look at the here and now we are crying out for wingers we are struggling for wingers right we're not very flush with cash we can't go and spend a lot of money on a top class established winger so if it means that we get Ryan Kent on loan in January for a cut of his wages, we're not paying any fees there, I'd take him right in. I think it's sensible, and I think he could be a much better player under Clement playing in a system. The best of Kent played under Gerrard in a system where he felt comfortable in that 55 season. And don't and that comes with a caveat. That's probably the best season at Rangers where we got the numbers that we expected. But at the moment... We've not got a, we we've not got a winger better than him. I know the Matondo redemption arc has been sort of stalled a wee bit by injury, but and you're giving me that look just now, Kyle, because all you can think about Scott Wright. But hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. I just feel the here and now we've got a chance to get a winger on loan that knows what the club's about. He's done well here in the past, albeit he's done not so well at times. I just feel it's a wee bit of a no-brainer to just get him back in at least for six months and 
yeah, bolster the squad a wee bit where we need it. Because let's be honest, in that geo system in the Europa run right to Seville, Kent was the man. He carried us in some games with the penalties he won, the fouls he drew. Just his all-round general play he can give you something about from nothing. And like Ross spoke about earlier, that change of pace that Seymour's got where he can leave guys for dead and give us that spark and give us that where we're really up against it. Like Kent's got that too. So yeah, I'd be for it. I, I I get why some people wouldn't, but I, I'd be for it. It's the here and now. We need wingers, and he'd fit the bill. Yeah, that, that's fair. Um, sharpest on here says, Kieran, you might have a point, and come on, we'll get the best out of him. Um, Ross, what what's your thoughts on this? I've seen uh, RFC72 here says, six-month loan, we are desperate for wingers, and January is a tough window to buy players I you know I suppose the argument would be is that he knows the club he already knows some of the some of his the, the teammates and stuff like that in there but yeah get in your soapbox and, and tell us what you think about about Ryan Kent re-signing for, for Rangers if there's even the remote possibility of it happening. Well it looks like I'm gonna add fuel to the fire here isn't I? because I'm with you in a hundred percent um I, I was a I was a Ryan Kent fanboy, I have to be honest. Even even at points last season where he was really poor, right? I was still trying to find a ways to defend him, and I'll be honest about it. I just Kieran made a really good point there in terms of his quality. I I personally still don't think we have a player is in terms of the individual quality that Ryan Kent's got. Could he put it together all the time for us? No, he couldn't, especially in that last season. Um, but I do think under a manager Philip Clement, I think he would really suit our manager now because what our manager seems to be all about is it's all about the team. It's all about hard work, putting the hard yards in. And that is something that you could have never taken away from Ryan Kidd. He done the hard yards for Rangers every game. He always put a graft in. And if the the message from the manager is coming that very much, it doesn't matter who scores the goals. It doesn't matter who gets the assists. It's all about winning. It's just about everyone working together. I wonder if taking that pressure off him will help. Again, hypothetical way of looking at it, I suppose, but... If it was a if it was a possibility, if we had that option, no doubt about it, I would take Ryan Kent back. It, it, I don't even need to think about it. I, do you know what I would say? Anyone having doubts about it, go look at the the highlights from that Dortmund away game. Ryan Kent that night was just unbelievable. Just genuinely the way he turned a Kanji and Hummels inside out for that Lundstrom goal. He was just the quality of play that we had. I understand in the last year he was very poor, as most of the players were. Um, I just there's something that I would just love to see him under Clement and see what you could do, and also see if he's in, only in on loan. See if it goes disastrously as well. Again, he's not our player; he's away. So there's just something in me, just because I love them as a player, I'd love to see him back. <laughs> I can understand that the majority of the fans will very much be like, "No, nah, he chucked it in that last year. I'm not interested." Look, I can't really argue with that. That's completely fair. I just think, from my own personal view, that you know, Matthew owns in the player. I'd love to see him in the blue again, definitely. I remember Listen, that time I seen you hanging about the uh, cat house trying to get his autograph for us. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would. I probably would if he was in there, absolutely. Aye. I would. Aye. Ross is still there trying to get his autograph, but that's another story for another time. <laughs> um, look, I'm I'm very much in the camp here with Marco Negri's eye. He says, why don't we go the whole hog and see if Molly Henderson <laughs> can still take her running, which I'd be happy fully behind that. Look, I... I, I I I get it. I get people are saying we need we need wingers and and stuff like that. Somebody else made a really good point in the in the comments would be uh, 
there we go. It's null FNC again. That's a second good comment. Uh, we've had lots of left-sided players, though. Would he be replacing Seaman? Would we just be bringing in a lone player just to replace another lone pair, player? And uh, I always say this, but I never, I never liked the way that he left the club, to be honest with you. I just felt like he just could not be asked being here in his last sort of three to six months. And, and the thing, it's just a wee back. That's always annoyed me, but see when he didn't, he didn't even have like Rangers like colours or a tracksuit on on his final appearance. Everybody else did, bar him. And I was just like, I'm not sure about it. But I think if you're looking at comparing him to like a guy like Sima, I mean, I think the highest goals that Kent ever scored in a season was was 14 for us. Um, and Sima's already on nine. Okay, his assists might have been a bit more, but I just think numbers wise, I'd be taking. Put it this way, right? See if you're paying seven million pounds for Kent uh, all that sort of time ago. Why? Why would you not dish seven million pounds out on on Sima if you know what I mean? So that that's the way I'm looking at it. I would I would much rather have him in. But as a as a conversation, it's got you two guys excited. And uh, I, as I say, if we're if we're bringing back Kent, we'll we'll bring back Willie Henderson as well, <laughs> <laughs> and see if um, see if we can get it. But as you said, it's surprisingly it split the comments down the middle. I know I was stitching you up a wee bit there, Ross, by putting all the no comments when you were <laughs> saying that out. But it, it really, really has um, split people down the middle. Um, look, Kieran, I want the sort of last 10, 15, 20 minutes of the podcast, however long uh, we want to talk about this. I just want a general conversation and how we all think Philippe Comalt's done so far. As you said, it's almost been a a month since he's been he's been appointed that there. Uh, I mean, I am going to. I mean, don't want to get carried away, but I was just simply not expecting this level of change with the with the same players that we have. He's had seven games, won six, drawn one in the Europa League away to to a Sparta Prague team that, that do not. Uh, sorry virtually I think I've scored it in every home game they've played this season bar one, uh, 18 goals across there, different formations we've seen players improving we've seen adaptations, we've seen players in their natural positions but just kick us off by what have you been most impressed with um, since since Philippe Comont was appointed the Rangers manager? I think it's you've got to take it back to when we were looking for a manager, I know we done the, I think it was us three that actually done the podcast when we went through the candidates for the job and yeah. we discussed what we were looking for in the next manager. And I, I think the big thing that we all agreed on was we need someone that brings a structure and a style and an identity back to the team. And we're starting to see that under Clement that it's not that we shoehorn the ball out to Tav or Barisic and just throw it in the box. It's that, the cross into the box becomes an option, but the first thing is that we try and work it in. And we've seen the rejuvenation of Lundstrom, and a lot of it is to do with it's not just forced passes out wide and trying to get the ball in behind. It's very much a variation and a mixture of looking for the striker's feet. If it's on in behind, we go in behind. And we look back as well to when you listen to like the journalists from Belgium and France that had uh, worked closely with Clement and seen how he played and. I remember a theme of them saying he's not really got a style of play and I didn't really get what they meant and it made me a wee bit nervous to think, oh, this might not be what we're after. But I can kind of see it now. I know what they mean, that the players mix it up when they have to. Like, I've seen them basically lambast Goldson for trying to play that long diagonal too many times and then the next game, we're playing the long diagonal again. 
and then the next game we're building up in pace. And as it seems to be that he's adjusting to what we're playing as an opponent and how they set up next to us. So I've been really impressed with that. And I, I like everything that he's saying in the interviews. He's not giving away many sound bites. He's not giving away headlines. He's just focused in winning one game at a time. And I, I, I really like that about him. I feel like we've got a proper manager. And I get the feeling that I had with Gerard that we weren't quite there yet, but we knew where we were going. So we stuck with him and we had faith with him. I just didn't get that with Gio. The domestic form wasn't there. Bill talked a good game but couldn't deliver it as a manager. But I feel with Clement that we are going somewhere. And this first month has been excellent, but the next month is the big test. 12, 13 games in such a short period of time. And it's make or break time for our season. Yeah, 100%. Uh, look, there's a, com- a couple of comments in here, Ross. Uh, Mark on Egri's eyes says, cool as a cucumber, the big man is, looks unfazed with anything. I'm not sure if he's talking about Clement or Kieran there, um, but take your pick. Uh, Definitely and- me. <laughs> That's it. And uh, Albert's 11 legend says, first proper manager we've had since being back in the league. Um, what have you been most impressed by uh, about Clement since he's come in, Ross? Oh, there's quite a few things actually. I'm, I'm not really sure I could have seen it going as positively as it has. To be honest with you, I felt with how poor this Rangers team were performing under Michael Beale, and even after when he left that night in Limassol, I thought he's got a lot of work to do. I think most of the fans felt that way that he had a lot to turn around, um, and it was a really difficult situation for for him to come into. I think maybe thinking about that though. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised because we've seen his, his record in Belgium. He was very good at going into teams that were in a poor run of form and turning them around and, and ultimately bringing success. So that was something we spoke about on that podcast that, you know, a month ago talking about the candidates and that was something that stood out for Clement. And that's really where we were at the time. We needed someone to come in to, to give this squad something different to really turn things around, maybe take it back a step and you know, just have a clear identity in this team, really set out what each player's role is in the side and just simplify it. And I think that's exactly what he's done. The football's really enjoyable to watch again, I think. Kieran's made a good point. I don't think we have a really distinguishable style as of yet, but there's an identity. That, you know, the team work hard for each other. You can clearly understand the game plan like that. We spoke about in the match reaction last week, Kyle, in terms of you could see from the first five minutes what Rangers were trying to do. Right, they were they were trying to suck Sparta in. They were trying to hit them long. They were trying to beat the press. That's fine. That that is what the fan can see, and the fan will buy into it because they can see the success coming from it. At times under Bill, we didn't really see any of that. We just felt this team's lost. It's that kind of. It was very much the kind of horseshoe at times along the back. Really patient football that wasn't really going anywhere. So yeah, it just comes across a manager for me that I think. It's not maybe about the tactical side of the game. Of course, he's got that in him, but it's more about the men- mental side of the game, the mentality. He's clearly instilling in all these players what it means to play for Rangers, and he gets it. He's came from that kind of background themselves, himself sorry, of winning, and he's trying to put that across to everyone. Very, very good in his press conferences. Really good. Only gives away what he wants to give away. And I think the last two managers, we've had both sides of that. We've had Van Bronckhorst that would give you absolutely nothing. He would mm-hmm. tell you a player was you know, back in two days and then he was out for six weeks, whatever. And then you had Beal that would give you everything and anything and he would end up contradicting himself so many times. Clement has clearly been around this environment for a long time. He understands the media. He understands how to play it and, and and you know, 
tweak the narrative. So that's been a really positive for me as well. The big one, and I, I think I touched on this earlier, he's brought back that connection with the support again. And interestingly enough, it was really one of the first things he said when he had his, uh, his kind of induction interview when he was at the club and he was at the training ground and he spoke. That was really important to him to get that back. And I think he's brought that back. And he brought it, yeah, the synergy. And he's, he's brought it back a lot quicker than I thought he would. Like, really, honestly, I thought it would take a bit of time for fans to be convinced by him because you've got to remember, not everyone was convinced by the Clement appointment, probably because a lot of us don't, just don't really know about him. We don't really know his background, so it's hard to be completely 100% on a guy you're, you don't know everything about. But he's managed to turn that around quickly. Just from the first couple of games, the fans were really, really buying into what he wanted to do. And also, there's players within that team that look like they didn't have a Rangers career anymore, and he's, he's turned them around. Look at Scott Wright. Look at Scott Wright. Scott Wright was on the way out in the summer. Now he's one of the players, but he, he was <laughs> he was ruled out of the game against the uh, Sparta, and everyone was gutted. I don't think I've ever seen that about Scott Wright. I don't think anyone's ever been that gutted about Scott Wright missing a game. So it shows you what he's been able to bring to this team in such a short space of time. But like I said, the fans thing's really, really important for me. Kieran spoke about it in the podcast in terms of like everyone within the club and outside the club and supporting the club, they all need to be on the same page. I think he's got that. He's got that back really, really quickly. Um, and I don't think I don't think Michael Beale was ever really able to get that with the support. I don't think he ever really got that connection between the squad yeah. himself and the fans. Clement's done it within the first four weeks. So he deserves a lot, a lot, a lot of credit for that. Of course, this is just a start. Uh, consistency is a big thing. He's got to really push on. We've got a lot of this season left to go, but I'm struggling to to find any sort of negatives since he came in. Really, it's all been positive. And as a Rangers fan, sometimes you you know you, you sit back and go, "That's a bit surprising." There's always something going on, right? But he's managed to turn it all around, and yeah, most of the fans are really, really positive at this stage. It's really good. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, look, there's one comment I just want to pick up here. Arc Audio says, anyone know if Kyle is Scott Wright's big brother? Uh, I'm just going to clear that up. Absolutely not. I was the one that was peddling his move to Turkey, so I'd have, I'd have driven him there if I'd, I'd taken it. Um, you contacted the Turkish club, didn't you? And you let him know he was available. <laughs> yeah, I'm the Turkish journalist that leaked that one out, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, there's a... A couple of things um, coming in here, uh, Kieran. Just sorry, I've distracted myself by by going back and and, and finding that comment. But uh, over a hill here says, uh, "Come on, I'd be most impressed by the players knowing what they are supposed to be doing." That seems to be one of his, you know, the things that he's come in and said. I'm sure I, I can't remember if it was Butland or, or Lundstrom or maybe even the Pedram might have said it that it's things are simpler. Like he's it, just been a breath of fresh air. He's come in, he's changed things, and and like the the instructions are. Are, are easy. How important has that been? And the other thing I was going to say is, see the reason I did that is for the four pillars. Every time somebody mentions one of the four pillars, the the fingers are going up. <laughs> You're like Ric Flair on the four horsemen there. Mate. 
<laughs> I would do a big woo, but I'm not. I'm a wee bit tired for that. Now, honestly, that comment is perfect because while Ross was talking, I was listening, um, but I was actually going back to an article that I posted in our group chat, and it was Thomas Buffell. I think he might have done it with Chris Jack uh, of the Rangers Review, and it basically reads. I, I keep going back to it because even in Clement's most recent interview, he mentioned this as well, and he says. Buffel says, his training is very clear for the players so that they know how to build up and when to apply pressure. Now, we've seen that. It's been very evident with that forward press. He says, players know their options A, B and C in the defence and the attack when it comes to a match day. I think it's very important for a team that the tactical setup is as clear as this. That is so evident since he came in. And do you know something? I don't think we've seen the best of this team yet because... This puzzle that he keeps talking about of having to deal with a European squad that is still baffling me to why half these players aren't in it and half the injuries that he's having to deal with. That I know he's saying he's not the magic man, but to get a tune out some of these players has been pretty unbelievable. And I, I hate to like speak negatively of some of our players, but I, I think had we stuck with Bill and having to watch Dessers, Lammers and Wright under him without his getting results, like Ibrooks would still be a pretty sour place. But Clermont's managing to get a bit of a tune out of these players. And you've got to remember that we've all cried out for Todd Cantwell to play in that 10 where Lammers has played. He's not. Clermont's yeah. getting wins. He's getting wins. I think Lammers has played or started the six games out of the seven that we've won there. So we've still not seen Cantwell in there. We're also crying out, and we've said it on this pod, Seema through the middle. We've still not really seen that under Clement yet. So maybe once Matondo's back, we might see a wee bit of movement there. So you've got to look at the players that we're getting back. He's been missing Raskin for the biggest chunk of this past month. Um, you're also looking how good the squad um, with Tom Lawrence in it looks as well. He can stay fit. It's the biggest cliche. We've got a new sign on our, on our hands there. <laughs> So, for me, we, we're looking good. We're in a good place. Clermont, especially this time, I think, and we keep saying it this season, I think the international breaks are coming at good times for us because it gives some of these players that are carrying the injuries to get back. It gives Clermont time to work with the players that aren't on international duty. I think they're getting a small break and they're being given sort of fitness programmes to work on while they're away. So this time is key for them and uh, things are looking up. We're in a good place just now. And I listened to a podcast earlier, I think it was uh, Jonathan Barry had said something it was very true and we don't look at it this way, but... The biggest and most important game is that League Cup final and things could change quickly if we don't win that cup. That is the expectation that we win that and we beat Limassol and get through to the next round of the cup. In the league, if we can stick around and close that gap a wee bit further, then who knows? Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. It's a... Uh, oh, man, sorry. I was actually almost having PTSD flashbacks here when you were talking about, oh, if he doesn't win the cup, I'm like, is this a year ago when Bills come out of the club, man? <laughs> but, I yeah. Know, but part and parcel of being a Rangers manager, you need to win the trophies that are there to be won. That's why Bills not here anymore. 100%. And and that's the difference between him and Bill is at least he has trophies won multiple trophies at a couple of different clubs over in a league that's you could maybe say is a, is equivalent to the SPFL but um Ross look something I was going to touch on um 
I said, well, maybe sneak one last question in there before we wrap up. But the four pillars that, that he's talked about, I, I've become almost obsessed with these four pillars, the mental, physical, uh, tactical and technical. Because when, when he gave that answer in that, that press conference in the Blue Room that, that you were at, I was like... That must be like a like a job um, interview answer, like because even I'm sitting and watching it on the, my my laptop, almost applauding the, the, how well it was. But look, we we have seen some of those attributes. Uh, what I will say from a physical point of view, I definitely think the team is looking fitter. Um, uh, you know, Danilo being the sort of example of that, he's working, he's getting more minutes in, and. The thing that's impressed me about it is he's actually taken the advice of 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 the medical staff. He's not risking people. Um, in terms of the tactical, you know, see them change change the formation up away at Sparta Prague to the a sort of three two 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 one or a three five one or whatever you want to call it. Um, and then uh, in terms of the mental stuff, I would say that Hearts game ticks that box. For me, um, the technical stuff, I'm not sure we could, we've come on to that yet. I think, as Kieran said, I'll, I'll, I'll wait till, till Lawrence is in the middle or, or, or Cantwell's playing in that in that 10 row at the minute. But do you think we're starting to see signs of, of these four pillars being, being implemented at the club? I think so, yeah. I think he always talks about that kind of dominant style that he's looking for, isn't it? I think that's what he's going to strive for. And he obviously sees those four aspects have been, you know, crucial in that. I think physically there's a I agree with you that I've seen improvement. I still think there's a bit to go. Um, probably probably more because I think Clement came out after the Sparta Pride game and he said that that kind of first 45 minutes, I'm really looking to see that over the full duration of a game and, and we're just not capable of that at the moment when it comes to the kind of physical side. So I think there's a bit to go. I think this international break will actually be really important for that. I would imagine the players are going to be work, worked hard in this international break to try and bring them up another level. So we might see a bit of a difference when we come back, which is actually really refreshing because for a long time, we've not really seen a Rangers team that presses high from the front and are really physical and puts constant pressure on the opponents. And I think that's something we've wanted to see for a long, long time. And it looks like that's that's really part of Clement's overall philosophy. So that's really good. Tactically, it looks like he can switch it up. Like you said, it's very much, what have I got to work with here? I'm away at Sparta. I'm, I need to go to a three. I've not played in a three yet. I don't I don't think I'm going to play in a three for the foreseeable, but I need to go to a three tonight, and I'm going to ask Seema to play at left back. And he's obviously, or left wing back, should I say, and he's made it very clear to the squad what he wants in terms of tactically. So he's clearly shown that as well. I have to say, when I was in that room, like what you said there, in terms of when they when he done the kind of four pillars, I actually felt that myself. It was a bit of a... It was a weird moment because it was like I didn't really expect an answer like that. And I think it got yeah. everyone kind of kind of looking around like that was really good. Like that was really impressive yeah. in terms of what he's touching on. So he's doing really well. I touched upon it in my previous answer when it comes to to mentally. I think that's a big one for me. And so he can talk about tactically, technically, physically. I think the mentality is massive for Clement. Um and I I really do believe it's probably what has got him the job, I'll be honest with you, because he's got an impressive resume, right? I mean, you're looking at it and you're going, okay, you've had a lot of success in Belgium. You went to Monaco. You've you've had a good impact there as well. You've built yourself up. You had a really good playing career. But clearly when they've sat down, they've spoke to him. He is clearly a guy with the right mentality to be a Rangers manager. They've clearly sussed that out early. Like, okay, you get it. Like, you can definitely lead this club. And that, I think at the time when we spoke about this originally, I wasn't convinced by the whole 
you need that kind of aura to be a Rangers manager. And I, I just wasn't, it didn't, I didn't think it was incorrect, but I just, that wasn't really what I was based on. I was always looking at the kind of tactical aspect of it. But I think this last month has actually kind of made me realise that that aspect is still really important for managing our club. It might not be really important for every other club, but it's really important for us. We need a figurehead. We need someone that you can look at and buy into and have a lot of belief in. And I say this all the time. We had that with Gerard. Kieran touched upon it earlier. You could see the signs and there was something, you looked at him as a figurehead and you felt, I want to get behind this guy. I think the support of the same will come on now. And he's managed to do that in about four weeks. So, yeah, the four pillars, it's massive for me. I think it's I think it's something that Clement's always going to come back to and, and I can only see us getting by, better if he continues to to work on those. Yeah, that's it. Like it's meant so much to me that in my kitchen I've managed to get printouts of mental, physical, tactical, and technical all written on, on my kitchen wall every every morning I wake up to get my coffee. So that starts my day off perfectly. He's took his live, laugh, love canvas with B and M down <laughs> and replaced that. Home bargains, the, man. Come on. On the on the mental power, I should sell this Livingston at the weekend, penalty missed, goal chopped off. I think some Rangers teams of the past may have slipped up there. I, th- I yeah, think, I think that's, that's a good point. point. Yeah. And and a Hearts game as well. <laughs> when I <laughs> missed the first penalty. So, yeah. I think if you're honest as well, I think based on that game at the weekend, I think you would have felt the support turn in that kind of game as well. Not necessarily being yeah. negative towards the team, but there would have been that anxiety amongst the support of, oh, I've seen this before. I know where this is going. But actually, because of that connection he's built, and he's built that kind of positive atmosphere of the support. The team, the, the the fans are right behind him the whole way. You've seen that at Sparta, which I spoke about in the reaction. But when Rangers lost that goal to Sparta, the reaction from the crowd at Ibrox that night was really, really good, really positive. Um, really got behind the team, sung their heart out for the last 10, 15 minutes to get the team over the line. And I think that's a big aspect. So I think it goes both ways. It goes with the team. They have the mentality to keep going now. They're not going to let things like that get to them. They're clearly the better team. They'll go and show it. And the fans have got belief in the manager and the team that they can do that. It's, yeah, it's, I think... When you go. Sorry, Kyle, sorry to butt in there. As, as well as... Oh, I've just had an absolute mind blank. I can't believe I butted in and I went blank. I'll come back... <laughs> I will come back to this on you, comment. Sorry. No, it's, it's fair enough. It's, I, I think what you were saying there about is he's got a bit of presence on that sideline. You know, one of the things that impresses me most about him is he's just, there's no bullshit. Like, it, it's nice to see that, like, he doesn't give much away in the press conferences. He gives enough away. He is a guy that's fully in control of those situations. He's not just pandering to an audience, so to speak. And, and I think we have required a bit of a presence on the side of the pitch. But I said, uh, hopefully that's given you enough time to think about what, what you were going to say, Kieran. But the one before, we, before I let you do that, the one thing I was going to say is I think the Rangers staff need to invest in a couple of big, you know, foam hands, so when he's at the side of the pitch, it's really hitting home that he just wants players like Lundstrom and that to, to go forward, because every time you look at him, that is all he's, that's what he's doing, he's berating somebody or he's shouting at people to go forward which I, I, I enjoy, so yeah, Kieran, I'll, I'll, I'll give the last word of no pressure, but the last word to you in the podcast. No, I just think when you look at the game at the weekend and you, you think of that, the sort of mental side of things and coming back in the Hearts game and Basically, overcoming what um, what happened in the Livingston game. He spoke recently of something along the lines of we're riding a crest of a wave at the moment and we're doing very well, but 
there will be a hiccup and there will be bumps in the road, but we'll be ready for them. And I think that is something where we've faltered in the past, where we've hit these sort of, you're only two games away from a crisis at Rangers moments, where we have hit these speed bumps and we've crumbled. And it's been the downfall of most of the managers and the seasons that we've watched. So this is something we have needed because I felt like we've not had that bounce back ability. We've been very frail mentally um, when we've hit the speed bumps and we've had the hiccups. Now it's expected. You've seen it from Arsene Wenger's Invincibles. You've seen it from some of Alex Ferguson's Manchester United teams. They had these blips and these small sort of white patches where they didn't really play the way they should have played, even though they were like world-class teams. It happens with every team and it won't be any different at Rangers anytime soon or anytime in the future that we need to go over mistakes and faults a lot better than we have in the past and stop letting it sort of derail our season as much as it has. The the Hearts, the Danilo winner against Hearts could prove to be the biggest moment of our whole season. Not just points on the board, but mentally. Yeah, I, I think that's entirely fair. That's a that's another good you, point you've made in this podcast as well, Kieran. I don't know what's happening tonight. Eh? I know, mate. It beats me having mind blanks right now. <laughs> I was going to say, even, <laughs> even if I did take you a minute to get there. But um, look, I think that's a, a good place to, to wrap up tonight there. I never even got onto my, um, who who would we be looking at to to sign because there's a few comments coming in there about Clement and just imagine until he gets his his you know, stamping the team and bring his own players in. But I said, I'll, I'll leave that one for Scott Patterson to talk about at the weekend there. But listen, fantastic pod as always. Thanks for everybody for interacting in the comments. Really enjoyed it this week. Um, just want to say thank you to you, Ross, for appearing on tonight. Yeah, pleasure. Thanks for having me, Kyle. And likewise to you too, Kieran. Thank you for tonight as well. Really enjoyed that tonight. Also, just a quick mention for Ben's podcast um, we recorded last night. I know you done it last week, Kevin. It was a great listen. So um, if everyone uh, could look out for that on Friday, um, he's very passionate about it and it was an absolute pleasure to do it. So thanks for having me on tonight as well. Yeah, it was good. It was a, it was a, it was a fantastic wee pod to be on there. So get listening to that on Spotify or Apple if you can. But listen, thanks everybody for tuning in, um, watching. Uh, as always, it's really pleasure to have you all guys here. And take care, everybody, and we will see you all soon. Podcast Network.